Mike is back. Devastated by his loss, he strikes out on a doomed journey to wipe the earth of the Lycan Scourge with his faithful companion, Augie, by his side. Bailey, a distant relative of Mike's best friend, BT, joins him, but for different reasons. Azil struggles to rein him in, while a world already pushed to the edge begins to fall over the precipice. When all is lost, can anything ever be won? Join Mike on another epic adventure as he fights foes both new and old, and like in Fallout 2, Fall of Man. This is the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Well, we have a, a new person to the show. Welcome, Dak. Is it Dak, correct? Yeah. All right. Dak. Welcome, Dak. Thank you. Hi. Thank for you for joining me. us. Well, I'm excited. We are excited to have you. It's always good to have uh, new people on the show. And so people don't, you know, continue to see, you know, my ugly mug and the same old, same old <laughs> week after week, keep it fresh, get some new, new, new opinions in here. So that's always nice. Yeah. I was wishing I had Nate today to help me with the zoom and like fix everything for me. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's just so smart. <laughs> no. It's like, I need a teenager. Yeah. So um, tell us about, your introduction with Mark's books, and uh, what part of the country are you from? Uh, we live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. And um, I was pretty ill, and I think I got the first two books or three books in the library. Like and actual then, library? Yeah. Like, wow. at, well, now it's, it was Libby. Okay. Now I, yeah. So um, I really liked him. I just fell in love with the character of Mike. And I didn't know that the other books were also Michael Talbot. So that took me about two years to figure out. Mm-hmm. So I'm saving a few that like I'm trying not to read. So they'll be all gone. And um, yeah, I love them. I've read Indian Hill, like in Fallout. Um I'm saving the demon wars. I read Callous Rose, The Shrouded World, and all the ones with um, the Whistlers and Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, Shrouded Rose. You, you, you've you've deep dived. Yeah. You, you've gone, yeah. you've gone in deep and done them all. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. My husband like, who is Mark Tufo? <laughs> Mark Tufo. Mark Tufo. That's what a lot of our spouses are like. That's why I, I created the show. Because a lot of people I talk to, like, you know, I, I don't have anybody to talk to about the books. And my wife's a <laughs> nurse and, you know, she's always doing nursing stuff. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell her about this thing. She came with me up to Maine, uh, God, two years ago, two years ago, a year ago, to meet Mark. And, um, you know, met a couple of other people. She's like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what you people are talking about. So, but she likes Mark, you know, she's she got to know him and, and got to like him, but it's nice to get to meet new people that you can interact with about the stories and just, you know, and, and, and geek out about uh-huh. some of that stuff. Uh-huh. Amber is lucky. You got a spouse that, you know, your wife loves the ZF series. Yeah. She's the one that got, that put me onto it. Mm-hmm. At first sentence, she was like, yeah, it got zombies, vampires, and the main character can't stand 
cherry pop tarts and i'm like what are you talking i think there's <laughs> there's no way you can mix zombies and vampires like what are you talking about so i started diving in just so because she fell in love with it so much that like that's all she wanted to talk about so i was like you know what i I'll, think I'll, I'll jump on board like there's no harm no foul i drive all day so i jumped on board and it's yeah <laughs> it's been a deep dive <laughs> well i used to be a truck driver really would you drive oh cool uh, a Simline 18 wheeler for like a uh, corporate. Wow. Like, yeah, That's the one thing I won't do. I won't go 18 wheels. I'm not getting my A. I'm happy with the B. Yeah, yeah me too. I have yeah. my A, but I, I have my A, but I'm comfortable with the B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like yeah. the whole reversing. I don't want to, you know, turn left and the truck's going right. Like, I, my, yeah. my Massachusetts <laughs> brain is not smart enough to figure that out. I'll hit something. Yeah. I know me. Yeah, it took me a while. Yeah. But if you can get it, I guess it's good money and you enjoy doing it. So, Yeah, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> so as Amber touched base a little bit where she was talking about cherry pop tarts and vampires and zombies, this mm-hmm. book, Like and Follow Book 2, The Fall of Man, has lichen, werewolves, vampire, or vampire. I can't say vampires no more because Tommy's dead. Mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. As we will find out a little bit later, our favorite two-legged, slow-walking creatures, zombies. Uh The book opens up. Mike just got finished burying Tommy, and uh, he confronts Azeel, and he's not happy, and he blames Azeel for Tommy's passing. He says, if you didn't come and get me, and we didn't get involved in your stupid war, Tommy would still be alive. And Mike feels a kinship with Tommy and a fatherly bond because Tommy was... If you follow the Zombie Fallout series, Mike adopt Mike and Tracy unofficially adopted Tommy in the series, and Tommy is Mike's last link to his old life. He's lost his family, mm-hmm. he's lost his wife, he's lost his kids, he's lost his grandkids, he's outlived them all. He's one hundred and seventy something, one hundred and eighty years old, and Tommy was his last connection with his old life. Even if it was seeing Tommy once a year, where Tommy would drop off a little bit of food in the shape of a cow for Mike to eat throughout the year, see you next year, peace out. It was still Tommy that was Mike's last stronghold, keeping you know that last little bit of humanity in Mike's soul that he no longer has because he's half vampire in him. So mm-hmm. there's a brief confrontation. It ends with Mike. Uh, you know, Mike and in, 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 uh, Azeel are ready to go at it. And Bailey comes up and she puts a bayonet to Azeel's throat. And this is like the first three pages of the book. Shit's getting heavy. You know, friends are now becoming foes. Nobody knows what's going on. Azeel back, backs off, walks away. And, uh, you know, Mike leaves. Bailey stays with, uh, with, with Augie and Mike. Azeel goes her own way. They want to go to Xavier's tower and they want to kill him. I'm trying to read my horrible notes here before we get into the meat and potatoes of things. And um, Mike and Bailey, they, they set up camp for the night and Bailey's feet are riddled with blisters. She's walking all day. Mike catches a deer and they're getting ready to, 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 to eat. And they hear a noise off in the background. There's two little children that come out of the woods. And Mike knows right away that these kids are werewolves. And Mike's brain is still on kill all werewolves. They killed Tommy. I'm killing all werewolves. And Bailey intervenes. You're not killing these kids. They're just children. We don't know if the lichen that bit them 
is still alive. The rule is if you get bit by a lichen, if you kill that lichen or that lichen dies before the first full moon, you won't turn into a werewolf. I guess there's a whole lore behind all of this. I'm not too familiar with that, but I'm just going by off of what I read. So Mike wants to kill the kids. Azil says no. And Azil, Bailey says no. Mike has a fight. They leave. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think this is kind of like the, a good place to start because it touches base on Mike's last vestige of humanity and being a father figure and being a man and being an adult and just being a per- a good all-around person that how many times did Mike save Deneau's life in Zombie Fallout, knowing full well she was one of the worst people in the world and probably mm-hmm. should have you know, put something very sharp or a bullet or under her boot or something, but he still saved her. But there's two little kids that he just wants to off right away because they're werewolves. He knows that when the full moon comes, they're going to turn and they're going to eat them. You know? Yep. What are your thoughts on that? Mm. Well, do you want to go first, uh, Daz? Oh, I'll listen to you. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll let you go so, first. Okay, so my first thought, like, honestly, uh, one of the reasons that I fell in love with this series first is because Mike is like, He's vamped out early. Like he 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 is in tune with the fact that he's a vampire. He doesn't care about what other people really think about him. And he he has the thought process right. Um, to an extent. Okay. It is very savage. Okay. But I feel like he kind of crossed that line when uh Tommy died, where it's just like, I don't care. Werewolves are killing everybody. Here are two werewolves. Now we need to kill them. I don't care what form they are. It sucks that they're kids, but I didn't put them in this predicament the Lycans did. And I know that in a couple of days, they're literally going to kill us with no remorse. Like, that's just what it is. It doesn't matter. Man, woman, child, werewolves need to die because when they turn, it doesn't matter. And I think that it kind of falls into the same guys as like the zombie apocalypse. Like, if your partner becomes a zombie, you're like, it doesn't matter. You need to kill them because they will kill you without any regard. And I think that. Bailey doesn't like Bailey grew up in a time where there really wasn't war. You know what I mean? She just had to protect her, her people and stuff like that. But there wasn't like all that war where they had to have strategy and they had to be able to like, um, they could think from the heart. You know what I mean? They could be like, Oh no, we can protect them or we can shelter and close them and everything. It's like, Mike's like, no, you can't. Mike has seen many wars and he's like, you can't do that because they're just going to turn and kill us. You know what I mean? So, um, Bailey ends up convincing him to, go ahead and try to kill the lichens. And honestly, I I don't understand. I still don't understand why Mike agreed to it because I really felt like he was just like, this is stupid, completely, completely stupid. Mm-hmm. But he still agreed to go. And I think that that was like, I, I, I Bailey must be a heck of a talker because I can't understand how he, how she convinced him to, to make that. It, it was a very futile journey for him to try to happen to find the camp and just happen to kill the lichens that turn them so you can save two kids. Like for him, that's like this this is like a huge task when it could take me two seconds to get rid of these two werewolves right here. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, what are your thoughts? Um, it seemed to me like Mike was kind of whether he admits it or not, finding like his vampires, like what it's like to go a little bit more to the dark side. Which I never understood why Tommy didn't tell him what the powers were. Mm-hmm. and so there was really little talk of the powers and i was wondering when he went full vamp if that was like 
he could go to that extent. I don't think he's ever been like that before, has he? In any of the other books, just go like full on vampire. No, he, he touched a thought, little bit at the end of last one, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's been super savage. Like when somebody was going to hurt somebody that he loved, but I don't think he ever like blacked out like the way Tommy did him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it seemed like Tommy was trying to have that conversation with him or a little bit more. And then it seemed like they were really alluding a lot to the soul, like Tommy wanted his soul found. And now Mike's kind of talking about finding his soul a little bit. I think he mentioned it to Azil. Yeah. And to me, like, especially the first half of the book was really like intense, heavy for me, because it seemed like every character, starting with Mike and God, there was, it seemed like it was throwing out the trail. And then I liked it toward the half of the book when it started working on trust, like Bailey and Mike and Azil or Mike and Azil. And, you know, mm-hmm. it just goes on and on, like uh, Mike and Matthew. Is it Matthew or is it Matthew? Because Sean says it's it to you. If you read it, if you listen at <laughs> 1.7 speed, it's pronounced Matthew. So I'm going with Matthew. It could probably it could be like a, you know, Jerbabe and Jerbab and type of yeah, Jababan type of thing. I'm doing, so. Mark said, I'm doing it. But yeah, I was just like kind of surprised that, um, you know, it seems like Mike has to really, really, really be pushed in a corner to like really let himself be himself. And I think he mentioned in the book that this was the first time after Tommy died that he's ever been really independent. And so I was wondering how far that was going to take him because Azil's got other plans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's got some things. Yeah, Mike's never it, really had to rely on himself since no. the end of the, the the zombie wars. Tommy's always been there for him. Azil's stayed from a distance she has said and and kind of you know never really approached mike but tommy's been tommy's been his rock you know his last his last little link to sanity and now that tommy's gone it's what's gonna happen with mike and mike ends up catching up with three lichens guy meets up with uh panthros who wants to defect from xavier and his human war or his war the lichens, for the, the most part, over the, the you know for centuries, they just lived amongst humans. You know, they hid in caves, they disguise themselves as humans, and now Xavier's kind of coming to the forefront. And he wants to go after all the humans, and he wants to turn humans, and he's doing something where he's building a werewolf army at the expense of eating because the lichen was usually just eat a person, where now they're just turning people into werewolves. And the lichens are all getting hungry. And there's kind of a, a little lichen revolt going on. But Mike ends up catching up with the three with three lichen that have a herd of humans that they've that they've captured. And one of the women inside of that is the mother of the two children that are left yeah. with Bailey. And Mike ends up telling her, listen, we got we got your kids. Uh, they're gonna be safe unless they're, you know, they're werewolves. Um you're going to die because you're, you're a werewolf and I don't want to deal with you, but I'm going to drop the kids off at the goodwill, so to speak. And, you know, it's going to be like a callous rose type of situation where you, your kids are going to go into foster care, but you're not going to be there to take care of them. So Mike ends up wiping out 
you know, the three lichens ends up wiping out the woman. And this is where he meets Matthew. Matthew is kind of watching Mike from a distance, um, you know, seeing what is, what is going on. And mm -hmm. Matthew and catches a, Mike. Well, sorry. No, go ahead. No, and that herd is a thousand people, correct? Because mm -hmm. when they were all going, uh, they were counted out about a thousand. So that's a big herd. Yeah, Mike like had out his little, uh, his little door clicker there, just counting all the people <laughs> as they were walking through to make sure you got the numbers right. Yeah, making sure <laughs> the zombies get through. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think I don't know, like, I feel like Mike is just, <laughs> he's just here for the shits. Like, he just was ready to fight. Like, he took on three lichen, and I think, like, Matthew says it later, he's like, zombies terrify you, but werewolves and lichens don't. Like right. you just run head on to a lichen, but zombies you run away from. And it's like it's like to an extent, you're like, Yeah, bro, like the way you've been describing lichens, like I'm surprised that you run in headlong. He's like, Yeah, I just haven't been scared of I'm damn I've been around them enough to be terrified. Mm -hmm. And I think that um even the fact that he tried to like save the people that the lichen were holding on to, like Again, I feel like he's trying to have some humanity, but at the end of the day, he's like, look, I'm not here for the shits. Like, who already turned once? Like, I'm obviously going to kill y'all. I mean, what like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? And I feel like he, he like he's trying, but then people are just getting on his nerves because I feel like you can understand if I'm a prisoner, I want to live. But then mm -hmm. it's like, do I want to live if I already went through my first cycle? Like, nah, like, just go ahead and off me. That's fine. So I think he's he's trying. He's trying to like um, have some type of semblance of like, I'll let you live if you haven't changed yet because I killed these two lichen, but there's only but so much you can do. Like, I feel like he's really painted into a corner at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he wants to save the, it's, it's save the humans F everybody else because they're just going to kill the humans. And uh -huh. the werewolves, while they're humans... They're technically not. They're humans, but they're infected with the virus. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like when the zombies first started. And, you know, you see a lot of the movies, it's the people just think that, that they're sick. You know, they don't understand. Oh, they're, they're, they just have a cold. They're just sick. They can be saved until they're gnawing on your jugular and, you know, eating your femur. You don't realize that you can't save the werewolves. There is no vaccine mm -hmm. coming. The CDC is shut down. It's that's it. You know, and that, you don't know if you end up killing the lichen that turned that person into a werewolf. So it's, you know, yeah, is it, is and it, I think that that's always to me, I'll tell you, that's always the most annoying part to me when a zombie outbreak happens, a were werewolf outbreak, or any outbreak, right? People always hold on to a semblance of like, the government's going to help and bring out a vaccine to heal. <laughs> no, it's not. The only movie that that happened in, and it's one out of a bajillion, is World War Z. That's the only fucking movie where that happened, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's the only one. I've never heard of it ever before. And I'm sorry, if you die and reanimate, I don't think you want to give whatever they come up with to that person anyway to make them all better again. Like, what What do you... It's not going to happen anymore. Right. So I feel like that, that's one of the... That's also one of the frustrating things because again, Mike lived through that already. You know what I mean? He lived through the the the, the, the denial, the delusions that like things are going to get better, like we can actually try to combat this in a way that's going to work. He's like, no, it's not going to work, yeah. and it's just he, he has to go against 
all of these people who are trying to like not kill the people in the people form. You know what I mean? Wait till they're attacking us first, which to me is ass backwards. He's a he's a crabby old man. You know, he's old man Talbot. Get off my lawn, you damn werewolves. You know, you're peeing all over the place. You're going to burn my lawn up, that kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it it seemed like you guys uh, seemed like Matt too wanted to like open up and test everybody and see if he could help them like transition. Like, was that part of the reason he was struggling so much as he really wanted to help them? But, I think initially he kind of did, but then once he, yeah. once I think once Tommy died, all bets were off. And I think right. Mark yeah. had to write that scene at the end of book one where Tommy dies because it's, are we going through the same thing again as we did in, in ZF where, you know, the werewolves come, the lichens come, they fight, they win, they lose, they go back at it again. Mike is trying to save everybody. I think Mike yeah. is at the point in his life where he realizes I can't save everybody. I can't Mm -hmm. worry about anybody else except for who is in my house right now. Mm -hmm. And those people right now was Tommy, Azeel, Bailey, and Augie. You know, Augie the dog. I'd say you take Augie over Bailey right now, but Bailey being BT's great, great granddaughter, whoever she is, he feels a kinship with her, but not enough yet because she's not bt she's just his great granddaughter but mike mike wants to feel that for bailey but bailey still does bailey still lives in the in the world where there were no zombie wars she didn't go through all the shit that mike and and tommy and azil have been through so she doesn't get it she doesn't get it yet she doesn't get it yet and i think that's got to be the most like tommy would have been the only one who could have convinced mike like Hey, me and you, let's go find these three like it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he could have been the one because he's honestly the only one that can match Mike in his strength. You know what I mean? Azil might be able to like disarm disarm him for a little bit, yeah. but he's he's a lot closer. You know what I mean? He's somebody that you would actually that Mike would actually listen to, and that Tommy could actually convince him to go on these these treks to actually try to fix this stuff. But it's I mean, if you're a half vamp and you already know you're the shit, if you have a full vamp right next to you who is a lot bigger and stronger than you are. You feel a little bit more confident going to fight three like in. Like yeah. I would. Turns out Mike was right <laughs> because the, the 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 two kids that Bailey tra- protected Mike from, the little boy uh-huh. turned. You know, a little eight year old yeah. boy. He turned, and when uh-huh. Bailey went to go kill the little boy, the sister didn't turn, but she was protecting her brother from Bailey, and like, almost killed. And almost got Bailey on. killed. Right. So she was trying yeah, to. Like you're trying to Mike was right. <laughs> it ends up being Mike is right about almost everything in this series. It's like, and I'm listening to it going, why don't you people just listen to Mike? Cause no matter how bad his plan is or his idea is, it's going to end up coming true no matter what. And it, nine out of 10 times he is correct. It's That's one, true. it's one of those things. Where, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's true. It's very true. Mm-hmm. So where did, um, Ezel get the um, blue jeans and flannel shirt from, like in the whole book. That was AC Penny. I have no Probably. idea. She just had probably had it carrying around with her. Like she probably got that magic bag that she picks up yeah. clothes. From yeah, you like, later. Yeah, like my grandmother. Cool. You know, she never throws anything away. Just hey, we might need this someday. You, you we might yep. fit into these jeans again. This is yep, size yep, four. Yep. I'll fit into this. 
you know, mm. nanny yeah, ain't fitting no. into that. You're a, you're yeah, an old Greek yeah. Italian woman. Sorry, ain't happening. Yeah. Mm. But how much? I feel like I'm really loving the fact that again, uh, when Mike meets Matthew, like he. <laughs> As soon as Matthew says, do you like beer? I'm like, oh, friendship just forms so strong <laughs> in his head. Yeah. Like, and I get I, yeah. I get Mike's tentativeness because he's like, wait a minute. Are you asking in the abstract or do you actually have it? Like, do not fuck with me on this. And it's just like, I feel like, the- they're, like once they said that, I knew Matthew was going to be in the book for quite some time. Like, I, I absolutely knew it. Well, he can brew the beer too, which is even better. Yeah. You know, and he's yeah. not brewing IPAs, which Mike hates. He's 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 brewing exactly. the ales or whatever he's he's brewing. But I think it's hilarious that it's another turning point. It's it's a friend become a foe becomes friend because mm-hmm. Matthew's a werewolf. Mike is out to kill all the werewolves, but here's a werewolf that can provide me with something. He can give me beer, and he's aware that he's a werewolf for the past 15 years. He's been living in a nuclear bunker. And he ties himself up every month at the full moon. So he doesn't go out and bite people. Because we find out that Matthew, when he got turned, he killed his entire family. And, you know, he regrets that. And he's had to live with that every month for the past 15 years. So there's some semblance of sanity in Matthew that Mike hasn't seen in any of the other of the other werewolves. Yeah. And he's also like, there's, there's, like he's the only one that like werewolf that's been a werewolf for so long, but he's also um trained himself to be able to like control to an extent his werewolf side. So mm-hmm. I, I think at that point, Mike doesn't necessarily have a reason to kill him. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm just going to go out. Like, first of all, you provided me beer and you know how to brew it, but you also know how to um change without like with some type of consciousness why you change. So mm-hmm. It's something true. different. Yeah, it was something different that had to be uh, introduced because you can't have any semblance of consciousness on your first or second or third change. Yeah. yeah. I really like the way that Mike protected Matthew when he got ill, and I like that he had the little pony keg on his back. The like, mm-hmm. the whole way. It was so hilarious. I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So they ended up building a friendship, and now that's... In every story, Mike always has that person that he can riff off of and he's friendly with. And yeah. you know, ZF, he had BT. And uh, Indian Hill, he's got Drababon. And, um, you know, <laughs> and in this one, he's got Matthew. He had Tommy for a little bit. It was a little bit of the yeah. back and forth, but Tommy wasn't as much. But now he's got Matthew. And they end up getting out of the silo. They're hunted, but, you know, they're being chased by some some lichen and they find a prison and they go inside the prison and they find a horde of zombies in stasis. And for the first time, like you had said, Amber, Matthew sees Mike scared shitless. You know, (laughs) what is this thing? Matthew's never seen a zombie before. It's okay. It's moving slow. It looks like it's the meat's falling off of the bone. It looks like you could blow it over. You know, if you huff and you puff, you know, big, bad wolf, yeah. that kind of thing. And Mike is petrified. Feet, don't fail me now. Let's get out of here. And I'm Matthew says, here. you're not afraid of lichen. Lichen don't scare you. You'll run headlong into this, to a lichen. 
but you're running away from this slow shuffling man or a woman, whichever it is, because you can't even tell because it's so evaporated, so to speak, uh, which just kind of goes back to the whole, you know, which is more terrifying in your mind because Mike already went through the whole zombie apocalypse, the whole zombie war. Now he's fine. Like it's, it's like that. Oh shit. They're back. You know, my parents are home quick, hide the booze. Mike just has a full on panic attack, freaking out about those zombies. Like, Nope, we're leaving. They're moving. They're reanimating. They smell food. Shit. Now we got to worry about lichen werewolves and now zombies. Great. You know, let's just turn this dial yeah. up to 11. Yeah. Could you even imagine what they look like? Ugh. Oh, I, I, I uh, yeah. Well, like they said, it's everything, the clothes are falling off them, the skin's falling off of them. My whole thing with zombies, and I know we're going to get into a lot of the zombie folklore once we get into ZF, but zombies have no muscle tone. They have no sense of nourishment except for when they eat people. So if they don't eat people, what happens to them? Do they stop moving like regular people? Like they run out of energy or like do, do their muscles and does their fat cells and does their body, do they start to just decay? Cause they're already dead. Has, has anybody ever done anything like that in a, in like a I, zombie novel? Talk about that. Or has anybody heard anything like that? I'm kind of curious. Well, okay. I remember in this, I remember in this book, um, Mike did say that the zombie was was slowly digesting itself, which mm-hmm. is what like when anybody does fasting or anything, that's what happens. You go off the fat cells first, and then your muscle starts. Um, then you start with your muscles, and then the non essential organs start shutting down. Like your body starts um, eating that. Right. But if you're not doing anything, um, like I think, um, and I think even in in, a, in another probably probably the next one, um, they talk about that they're in that gelatinous mush which Lord knows what that is. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, it might just be like a, like a, uh, you know, when like any alien movie, they put a specimen in like just some, some type of food for their body to absorb. And there was like some, something running around in the mush that yeah. was like taking care of them or whatever. So I think, I think like, again, as the zombies were evolving, it makes sense that they would eventually evolve to us to a point where they could be in a type of stasis and just be there. And with no energy, not moving at all, they would just slowly disintegrate. But I mean, how much do you really need to do to move? You know what I mean? Open your mouth and close it. So Mm. I think that's what ended up just happening, which is even just, it's even more frightening. (laughs) to think about that because you're like shit not even time can save me on this like it's crazy yep 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 Dak what were you gonna say um the bulkers and all of that weren't they created in the gelatinous mess like like didn't you say one time something it was like just a bunch of body parts just around in this great big goo and they just kind of like maybe reconnected and what was needed well, they had that in uh in ZF twenty. They kind of yeah. got the spider zombies, yeah. and they all kind of melded together. But those Actually, ones probably- didn't make it. In, I mean, this series was written long before he probably started talking about all of that. But yeah, right now it's just the the old fashioned George, you know, a Romero slow shuffling, moving zombies, which is good because mm-hmm. I don't think they could handle speeders, bulkers lichens and werewolves you know that's just that's game over right there no could you imagine fucking speeders and werewolves 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. So the question I have is, if a, now that we have zombies, if a zombie bites a human that is a werewolf, while it's in its human form, does that human now become a zombie werewolf? Because the werewolf only turns every 30 days at the full moon. When a, were- when a zombie bites you, you're a zombie 24-7 now. Yeah. So do you have a zombie that turns into a werewolf at the full moon? Because that's terrifying. Well, I think Mike did tell Matthew that just a scratch would do him in. Because mm-hmm. any other time besides their, that full moon day, they're just a regular human. Mm-hmm. So even though Matthew ha- might have some, they might have a couple advancements because they have the werewolf virus. I think, I think the zombie might, the zombie virus might trump the werewolf virus. Would you still turn might. into a werewolf though? I, or would one just cancel? Do you just become a werewolf and then after the full moon goes down, you go back to being a zombie? It's reminding me of the dogs from Resident Evil. You know, they got the the Dobermans that are. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> yeah. Love it. That, 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 Love that, it. That's a good point. Z- Dak, what's your take on it? Um question. Sorry. I went off on that. No, it's else. all right. What what do you what think? Was the it, if a zombie bit a werewolf while it was in human form, oh, what yeah. do you think would happen? Well, it messed up uh, Lizzie when she got jabbed with the uh, the flu shot, mm-hmm. and so what? I would think it would mess up lichen or werewolf if it'll mess up a vampire. True. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Good point. But I, feel I mean, like you, you can usually go either way. I'm sorry. What would you say, Dak? Vampires have a better healing process though than lichens, don't they? Do you think? Yeah, because, they do. Yeah. yeah. Mike's been stabbed and shot, I think, four times already in this one yeah. book. And, you know, the next by the next day, he's healed. So, but yeah, um, I think it's very easy to go either way. Like, you can go either terrifying way with it because you want to consider that the werewolf virus only affects you once a month, but mm-hmm. the zombie virus um, messes you up 24 seven and you're more human. Um, 28 days out of the out of the month than you are werewolf. So it could it could go any terrifying fucking way like whatever author wants to grab that bull by the horns and run with it mm-hmm. i'm here for it <laughs> all right so mike the new mark She's the new like and like and follow we need zombie uh werewolf hybrids yep let's get on that <laughs> um so back to the main story bailey mike but doesn't come back bailey waits a couple of days she thinks mike's dead mike's on with matthew they find the zombies everything like that Mike and Matthew end up getting to Talbotton. Um, yep. Zeal thinks Mike's dead because Bailey tells him, guess what? Mike's dead. Uh, hasn't come back, gone for a couple of days. Augie ran off. He's out living, you know, the Milo and Otis type of life. But Mike and Matthew end up reaching Talbotton. Zeal is thrilled to see him. And we find here for the first time, Zeal and Bailey are kind of having girl talk. Uh, and Zeal yeah. tells Bailey, I'm in love with Mike. I've loved him for so long. He say, she kind of goes into the backstory. He saved my life in the back of a truck. He was half, you know, I was half his age when we met, but you know, now we're both in our, you know, 
late 170s, so to speak, uh, you know, and I think the age gap is okay between 170 and 150. You know, that that's, I I think that's socially acceptable. Agree. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of heartbroken and which is kind of interesting because Azil's the red witch. She got the, you know, she got the name from being just being brutal, but now her heart is broken because the one man that she's loved for 150 plus years, she believes is dead, which nobody thought he could die. It's kind of like, you know, you didn't think Tommy could die, but Tommy did. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's very happy with that. They have a moment. Um, you know, she tells Mike that Augie ran off. He's not around. Mike takes a bath. Him and Azil, bow, chicka, bow, wow. You know, they seal the deal. So, you know, they're kind of an official couple now. You know, they're, they're not changing their Facebook status or anything like that. But they're a couple. Um, Bailey tells Mike she's got to come. He's got to come down to a meeting. All the heads of states are meeting to discuss a deal. And chairperson uh-huh. Gount is, uh, you know, they're there with the, the chancellor of Denarth, New Georgia, and Fort, uh, Fort Lufkin. If I'm reading my notes here correctly. Yep. And what the other towns they want is they want guns. They know that Talbotton has guns, but they don't have a lot. So sure. they think they're sitting on a, oh, a stash of weapons and this huge armory and, you know, the National Reserve and all this stuff. And Chairperson Gunt just brings in a box and has a 1,212 rounds and says, here, this is everything we have. I am willing to give this to you guys with 15, you know, MR-16s or 15s, whatever the, the gun is that fits the bullets. This is all we have. Um, Fort Lufkin's guy, but Biddens doesn't like it. He thinks that they're lying to them. They, he runs off. The deal is off the table. They were all going to join together to fight the Lycan. Uh, yep. Turns out that Lana was there with her father. Lana secretly tells Mike, listen, the whole deal is BS. They're going to attack you once we all leave. Mike had a thought about that, but wasn't sure. So he tries to tell chairperson Gount that, you know, they're lying. They got people stationed a day or two out that once we give them these weapons, who's to say that they're not going to turn around and come back and just kill us because Mm -hmm. men are greedy. They just want land. They just want power. And men with power just want more power. Men with land just want more land. And this is the wild West old days where if you have land and you have the amount of more guns, you have more power, not realizing that the humans all have to join together to fight the common enemy, but they're not doing that. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And once again, it's another Mike was right type of situation where he's telling yeah. the person, listen, they're lying to you. They're going to turn around and stab you in the back with the same knife that you just handed them to stab the other person with, and you don't see it. You know? Yep. Thoughts. Go. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mike was running up the hill just trying to get everybody to wrap their mind around about how dangerous it was. And I mean the whole war with them between the other like towns and stuff was ridiculous. Was, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine Mike, like if you really stayed more with Mike, what else he would have been saying about the hotel. It seemed to just have him completely wigged out. And he was getting kind of 
shunned because he's not afraid to tell the truth or do what it takes to win. And it just seemed like there was a little shame and guilt in town with the other people because they're not doing what it really, really takes to win. And I think even Bailey was having a little bit of that between her humanity and where the lines were. Because Mike was always pushing the lines. Mm-hmm. When he yeah, the truth, the truth yeah. isn't very popular in this no. generation. You know, they 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 don't want to believe that, you know, here's the bottom line. Here's the, here's the night and day of it. Here's the black and white, you know, the red and blue. This is the way it is. And they don't like it because it doesn't, they still think that Mike is an outsider. They don't, you know, who is this, this, this guy that comes in and tells us all this stuff. You're not in charge. You're not on the council. Who are you? And it's another thing where it's another power struggle. It's another thing kind of that he dealt with in, in ZF when he went to the, the army barracks. You have the generals that have all the power, but then you get the guys right below the generals that want the power that are saying, well, you're just looking for power. You're just looking for this. And it's a con. Mike's like, I don't want to be in charge. I don't, I don't want responsibility. I just want to do what has to get done and go home and, you know, and sleep comfortably at the end of the day and not to look over my shoulder. And he's a man that's constantly just on the offensive or the, the defensive, excuse me, constantly. With all, all of these poli- like politicians, you know, libraries haven't survived. Beer has survived, and, po- and politics have survived the zombie apocalypse. And if those are the two things that survive the zombie apocalypse, we are half screwed because beer is good, politics is bad. Yep, and I think I, I think one of the things that like even my first time reading it, I was like, something's not right here because like the way bidding just like did an uproar and just like got up and left. I was like, the fact that you didn't even consider the Mm -hmm. offer and you just up and left. I'm like, you're trying to start some shit. And I feel like Mike already kind of knew it. And then Lana was like, nah, Mike, there's something like something extra is going on here. And you need to dive a little bit deeper into what's going on here. Because at the end of the day, just like um, Gount ends up saying later, like people are always going to want more power. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And honestly, it's, it's, it's really kind of scary that at the end of the day, Biddings is doing all these moves off of the assumption that Talbotton has what he's looking for. He doesn't know for certain. You know what I mean? He doesn't know for certain, yet he's willing to sacrifice his people. And at, in a time when they literally have werewolves that are going to be knocking on their door in two weeks to just destroy their entire town. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm going to go to war to get a weapon that I don't know how to use. But if you just ask nicely, they'd give it to you, and- or just te- or just team up, like just yeah. team up with them. You know what I mean? But I'm like the fact that you guys like that's the part that's always been mind boggling to me. And I think that's anytime I hear a story about politics, I'm like that sounds ridiculous enough for politics to actually do that. But like the fact that they're willing to put their own people in jeopardy when they have a real life threat literally knocking on their doorstep, like that to me, I'm like, you guys, you guys knew that you guys were going to come in for a fight. Like you already, you already planned it. Like you guys weren't trying to have any type of meeting or any type of anything beforehand. Like you guys Mm -hmm. knew you guys were going to try to attack. And I was like, that, that to me was just like mind boggling to me. And I think that's what kind of like, pissed off Mike too because he's like you guys are like this is not the time for a fight like we can Mm -hmm. fight after the lights are taken care of like but no you're again he was like 
you're not going to be in front with the few. You're going to be in the back with the many. Yeah, like, they did really just to show at- face. Like we tried, they didn't listen. Now we're going to fight you. Yeah, nah, nope, nope. Hated nope. it. What are you going to say, Dak? No, it was just like I felt so sorry for him, and I felt sorry for Bailey too because like she was not prepared. And I was thinking like if BT set that up, why aren't they more like stringent on like their own little military and people are more zombie aware just in case like one of those masses starts another zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh. it's like, uh, Yeah. I, I want to read BT's journals because I would know, love that. BT built the city, built the town on this sort of it it was an army reserve barracks and uh i think chancellor gaunt takes mike down into the basement of the 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 forts and Uh opens up a door and it's like here is a ton of guns here is millions of rounds of ammunition and only he and another person knew that this much weaponry was down there. They didn't tell Bailey. They didn't tell any of the townspeople. Nothing. This was the best kept secret in town. And yep. Mike is I just like Bailey, knew. Bailey didn't know. No, she didn't know. It was only um the 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 Doubt, the, the, the counselor, the the, cha- the chancellor, and the other guy that's the spindler type of character. Yeah, I, that, think it's, I think it's Biddings. Is this is the other Biddings. guy's name is Biddings. Is that his name? Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's an Eric too, isn't there somebody named like Merrick? Merritt, not Biddens is the, the guy from uh from the other town. Let me go back to my notes here. Yeah, Biddens is from um Lufkin. That's the guy that oh, that's right. storms out of the meeting. The uh the other guy that you just said, Dad, yeah. that's okay. the other that's the, the other, other the spindler type of character, or the yeah. guy from ZF20 that wants to take over that's trying to take over the ship. Spoilers if you have read yeah. ZF20, that's what you know the book is about. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> me too um yeah. so it's just it's kind of like a it's a double cross off a double cross off a double cross at the end of this story it really it's, like, is. it's like lord of the rings there's three different endings of this one book uh yeah. but bottom line after this they have fights they have they shoot the 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 werewolves they shoot the humans bailey shoots mike mike tries to shoot bailey and you know saves her life they go into Mm. all of this but bottom line at the end of this yeah the all the people from the other uh the other town are all coming in down this little yeah uh a railroad tunnel that was in the basement of of the place and this is where i equivalent equivalent I don't know what the, the, the word is I'm trying to equate. equate. Thank you, honey. I equivalent. I just made up a word. I equate this scene here and it was written years before. If you watch Rogue One at the end of Rogue One, when Darth Vader just goes shithouse on all of the people mm-hmm. on that ship, this is, I equate this mm-hmm to Mike at the end of this because he goes in that uh, tunnel and he is going to go he this is where he goes full on vamp and he chews yes. people yeah. he rips them apart he takes out a hundred or so guys an entire town's infantry all in one shot 
And the guy yes. that is in charge of it, Mike grabs by the necks and says, do you want to be next? No, get the fuck out of here. Take your ball and go home. And he uh-huh. lets him uh-huh. leave. Yeah. It's, it's the, nope, we're leaving one person alive to tell the tale that you do not mess with my people or Michael Talbot. That's right. And I, I love this scene, but I think I think right before we get, we dive into the scene, because I think it's so powerful, I think it's also very um, important to mention that there was another dynamic shift between Bailey and Mike right before this scene when um, Mike started just shooting. Um, he just started shooting people. Oh, the people on the field. Bailey, yeah, they were all. Yeah. Yeah. There were people coming out off the field. The Lycan was sending like thousands of humans to Talbotton to seek sanctuary. And yeah. it was, again, the people of Talbotton were like, we have to let them in. We need to protect them. It's like, no, you got to let them in. This is the Trojan horse. You got to let them in. Don't. Yeah. And Mike starts yeah. shooting them. Yes. And Mike, and then, and it's again, Bailey and Gaunt, two very naive people who don't know anything about where, who, who it's not been stuck in their head yet. Mm-hmm. That, these are people who are going to tear everybody here limb from limb and Bailey ends up shooting Mike. And it's again, another, it's another dynamic shift in the relationship. Then Mike goes down to the tunnel, fucking bus ass, like just completely blacks out, vamps out. Yep. And after all of this, Bailey tries to step up to him and Mike is still in his blackout state to where he can like, he almost attacks Bailey. Mm. He almost attacks Bailey until Azil comes down. And if it wasn't for Azil, he might have attacked Bailey. But I think it's important that, like, again, there's a switch. And Bailey is understanding that even though the werewolf are people, like, we still need to go hard. Like, we need to kill them in their most vulnerable state because they're going to kill us in our, our, our most vulnerable state. She doesn't, I hate that she had to go that way to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm glad that it was finally. I'm glad that it was finally made. Do you think Mike would have attacked Bailey, or Bailey would have shot Mike first? Who do you think would have struck first? But both, because <laughs> uh, yeah, they were Mike in a Mexican standoff fast. in that basement. Yeah, yeah. In that Mike tunnel. is super fast. Mike is super fast in his vamp state, but I'm I'm glad he didn't really have any transgressions. You know what I mean? It was like I almost did it. Like yeah. I was right there so it's it's slightly forgivable you know what mm-hmm. i mean obviously i'm gonna feel some type of way obviously i'm gonna feel some type of way yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? you almost ate me sir without my permission and um and i think that it was good that azil was there to like just kind of like calm him down but i think he he i think he would have been very capable and very regretful if he would have attacked bailey mm-hmm. yeah ag- agreed 100 yeah. percent um so after this whole thing happens, we find out about the, uh, it's either after or before, I'm not quite sure when it was, but there are watchers out on the fields and Bailey calls Mike and says, you know, here's some things out there. And Tommy had kind of hinted about this with Mike at the end of the book, mm-hmm. end of book one, that watchers are out there and they're kind of in the shadows and they're smoke people and they're not quite sure what they are just yet, but they make another appearance toward the end of this story and it's are the watchers they're obviously not human but what are they are they part of the afterworld are they spiritual are they good are they evil are they the four horsemen that you see before you die what are they 
I have no idea. (laughs) You're both shaking your heads. We don't know yet. I think it's like just like trapped souls, really, because uh, didn't Tommy say they weren't maybe as, uh, oh, what what was it? Not uh, beneficial, but they weren't as kind as uh, initially was thought. Beloved, Mm -hmm. I can't say benevolent. But uh, so that kind of like, and then Mike kept saying like, faces of people like didn't see Durgan and saw the um just like lots of people like that but there wasn't any to know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wasn't like that, that this yeah. yeah so mike is trying to figure it out too he doesn't know yet tommy's yeah. not there to tell him tommy didn't really know yeah tommy right was always there. kind of the voice of reason in mike's yeah. little ear you know good good angel bad angel on his shoulder and really doesn't have him there um and there's also a turning point in this whole thing too with matthew where the full moon is coming the people are approaching the wall and matthew is inside the wall the people most some of the people know that matthew is a werewolf and matthew tells mike and azeel i don't want you to tie me up or restrain me on the full moon i Mm -hmm. will not attack humans and one thing we never, we, we forgot, I forgot to mention this, that Matthew can control his werewolfism when he's drunk or has alcohol in his system. So the beer that he brews is not only a delicious nectar of the gods, it is also kind of a werewolf deterrent that kind of suppresses the werewolf anger feeling inside of him, where if he has a buzz on he can kind of see inside of himself. He's he's in he's in there. Where where people are werewolves, they can't control themselves. They don't know what happened. They black out. Matthew was kind of in there watching himself from behind his own eyes with the yeah. alcohol in his system. Yep. So they're back and forth weird. with that, and they decide, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna roll the dice. We're not gonna we're not gonna tie up Matthew. And Matthew turns right in front of Mike and they're face to face. And Mike can feel Matthew right on his neck. And he's like, shit, did I just make the world's biggest mistake? And Matthew doesn't turn on Mike or anybody Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. that matter. Matthew's actually going out and fighting other werewolves. He ends up being a a crazy great ally because it's like, you got a conscious yeah. werewolf on your side. Like, it's like, I mean, the only thing better might be a 10 foot tall crocodile, but you know, <laughs> besides... <laughs> but I think, I think it's, I, I think it's again, Mike continuously surrounds himself by, by powerful individuals. And I think somebody who is consciously a werewolf, um, his only match might be a lichen and the lichen ain't in the fight, you know, it's just other werewolves. And you have to think about it. A trained fighter can, kill amateurs in a heartbeat and mm-hmm. all the werewolves are just a whole bunch of amateurs like they're strong they they have the power to kill humans but somebody who can actually control their actions and they know what they're doing to attack like it makes matthew such a powerful piece in this in this war that they're that they're fighting right now that's true yeah um so as the people are still approaching the 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 fence they don't know whether they're gonna let them in Azil, we kind of see Azil's power finally come to light in this story, where she does a reveal spell from the wall. Um, and she shows she she shows out rose petals or something over the crowd. 
and yeah. little halos come out over everybody down below to show what they really are. And Bailey and Chancellor Gunn and all of them finally see that those people out there are really werewolves under in, in sheep's clothing, so to speak. They're there. Yeah. But it also shows the darkness in Mike, where Mike just shows up as kind of a shadow. There's a shadow over his skin and where he says, what the hell is this? And it's like, it shows what you truly are inside. And you are technically, you don't have a soul. You're really nothing inside Mike, which uh -huh. I think kind of hurt him a little bit, but yeah. it got his point across the reveal spell because after that, Bailey went, shit, I was wrong, open fire. And they start opening fire from above, down below on all the humans trying to get into the fort that are actually werewolves. Yeah, and I think I think for that part of the book, I, I can't remember what movie it is. It's a real old movie where um, the main character can wear sunglasses and the glasses reveal all of the... Um... Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. The movie's not that old. Don't go all Tom Holland, Spider-Man. You ever Older. seen that really old movie, Empire Older. Strikes Back, okay? No, 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 they no. Live by John Carpenter, and it came out in that's the 80s. All right? That's not that I old. Born, I was born in 88, so it's not. It's, it's <laughs> older shit. for me. So it's older for me. So, um, but it's, All right, it's, it's like, an oldie but a goodie. So, <laughs> so I, don't know, I don't know if you ever took it this far with that movie, but me and my wife actually watched the director's commentary on the on the on the movie, and it I went deeper. Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, it went it went deeper into that fight scene between him and his friend, where yeah. him and his friend um he was fighting him to put the glasses on just to see what he was seeing. Yeah, and the crazy part is, it's like we're friends, and the only thing I'm asking you to do is put on these glasses so you can see what I'm seeing, and there he wasn't willing to do it for what there was literally no reason mm -hmm. for him not to want to put on those glasses to see what's really going on in this world and i think like the fact that azil was able to put the glasses on everybody for them to see these half wolves i mean half werewolves half humans that are literally in 25 minutes going to kill everybody in here mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i'm like where is the grasp here you know what i mean you have a literal threat in front of your house, but because they look like humans, you guys are going to give them, you want to wait until the danger is actually on your doorstep. Like sometimes I get the, I get the concept of like waiting until like they're actually a threat, but this is not the first time y'all been attacked. Right. <laughs> this is not a brand new thing. So I think it was a very powerful um, tool for Azil to use for her to be able to actually show everybody that this is their true form. And I'm also going to let you know, Mike ain't shit right now because he's pretty much a black blur. I'm the shit because I got roses and light all over me. <laughs> but everybody over here got their flaws, yep. and we this is this is gonna be something that could really help us in this in this battle right here. Like they needed to see the truth of what was really there and take away their biases for for you know this fight. Yeah. So instead of putting on the glasses, they took off their rose colored glasses by showing out the pedals and with the zeal's thing, she shows what everybody truly is. And absolutely. That's what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely needed to get done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think as we start to wrap things up, the best part of the story is when they kind of do a, a life of Riley book, of Riley type of segment with yeah. Augie where Augie's out oh. in the world and, Augie kind of comes along and not takes 
been taken captive by a, a herd of just regular wolves. Um, you know, you're our inferior cousin dog and, you know, you have to serve <laughs> us and they won't let them give him any food or anything like that. And it's like prison. And Augie takes down the biggest prisoner there. He brings down a, a, a horn-tusked boar, a, a, a giant pig or boar, whatever it is, by himself. And all the other wolves kind of got around like, oh, crap, okay. And he just stands up on the, the, the pig and says, this is mine. Don't touch it until I'm done. When I'm done, then you can have my scraps. Because all they were doing was giving Augie scraps for the past couple of days when the wolves would kill something. And it's every, it doesn't matter if it's humans or animals, they all have their pecking order. And it's kind mm -hmm. of, you have to assert your dominance with certain people. And the wolves are kind of being bullies to Augie. And Augie's not a small dog, but compared to a pack of wolves, Augie wasn't much, but Augie had his moment. And I mm -hmm. think that part was just so awesome where at the end of it, all the wolves, are, uh, Mike and all them go outside and they're surrounded by a pack of wolves, legit wolves that are feeding on the bodies of the werewolves. And they're like, crap, what is going on? It's, it's, it's like a Jurassic Park type of thing where Mike is facing one way and there's a wolf facing the other. And something comes up from the side and runs over Mike and it's Augie. And Mike's thinking, that's it. I'm done. I'm about to get eaten by a werewolf, by a wolf. And he gets a big slobbering lick on the side of his thing. And you're like, it's Augie. Yes. Yep. You know? Everybody's excited that. That was that. so great. I love that. I love that part. I, I think I also really, I really love the part where like, again, Mike, <laughs> he puts himself in danger to save um, Matthew because one of the wolves are about to eat Matthew because the wolves, again, even though the werewolves are reverting back to human form, all of the wolves are like still killing them. Like they don't yeah. care. They're still killing them. They're going, which I love that part. But like um, one of the wolves tried to get Matthew and um <laughs> He was like, I'm not letting my brewmaster die. <laughs> so he literally stepped in between it. And then like Augie gives a little yip and it's like, nah, he's cool. Like let him hear. And it's just, it's it's a great turn of events. Like I'm glad Augie was able to come back, but then just Augie's badassery in the end of it just makes it 10 times better. Cause I was wondering for a minute, I was like, where is this going? Is he just going to come back? Like, like, is he just going to be out there living his best life and forgetting <laughs> about Mike or what is going to happen here? So I'm glad he was able to come back full throttle. Yeah. 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 Big I, adventure. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Truly is man's best friend. Truly. So. We need Augie books. The book of Augie. Yeah. The big, Coming up next. Of so, so as we start to wrap things up, um, what are your final thoughts on this story? Let's pretend we don't. I forget where the rest of the story goes. I know where it goes with Demon Fallout, but I've only read this series once. So mm -hmm. where do we think this is all going to end up? And what are our final thoughts on book two, uh, The Fall of Man? Is this truly The Fall of Man? Dak, we're going to start with you because you're the newbie here tonight. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> to me, it's like they're just like trying to uh, recuperate and get to somewhere safe. Aren't they going to where Lana's from, or are they going to the one that starts with a D? The, um... They're going to Denot. That's Lana's Lana's town. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Chancellor so realizes he was a douche and fell in with the wrong crowd. And he just wanted, you know, to protect his yeah. daughter and his people, and 
he, he backed yeah. the wrong horse. He should have been on the Talbotton side and he wasn't. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like he's opening it up for like all the refugees to like go there and recoup and maybe help them with their defenses when the Lycans come to their town. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because Talbotton got like destroyed the with the catapults and things like that. They're, they're, they're all done. And I think the Lycans want Mike as much as he wants them now. So you know they're going to follow him. Mm -hmm. Because they been following him, they found him at Matthews. Yeah, yeah, they can smell it. So, they can smell him, and they 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 know that Mike is the alpha in yeah. all this, and he's the one hunting them. So they have to hunt him. You know, yeah. kill my enemy before my enemy kills me. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amber, what are your thoughts? Uh, I love this book because <laughs> Mike is vamping out all the damn time. Finally, everybody's on the same page, like werewolves in human form are not our friends. And even I think even Bailey, like towards the end when everybody was reverting, like she was popping, she was popping people off. Like she's like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. You know what I mean? And I think that I think that finally, like I'm mad it took a book and it took two books for everybody to get on the same page. But it's like, finally, we can all keep moving in the same direction to be able to like the biggest threat that is here right now, we mm -hmm. need to make sure that we face it head on. And um, you know that's a goal that has to be reached. So I'm glad that everybody is at least finally on somewhat of a page understanding that they all have a common enemy and they all need to come together in one form or another. Yeah. 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 Agreed. So I had a thought. About, there was so many great lines in this book that I, I absolutely loved, you know, the, the, the ones with the beer that, uh, you know, beer can solve all of our problems. And Mike's got one mm -hmm. where he, a zeal ends up, zeal, he ends up sleeping with the zeal. And then the next morning she ends up leaving his bed and he says some quote, like, you know, no matter what I do, right. I still can't make a woman happy or something that effect. But one of the best lines from the book, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit is that from BT's journal, Mike is talking to Bailey and he talks about the village idiot and the, says that BT says, no, they still had the village idiot. They just made the village bigger, <laughs> which I just thought was absolutely perfect because mm -hmm. they literally have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So didn't I, know there was any things like that, any lines that stuck out for you that were like, that is great. That is my favorite line of the book. I, I think I will equivalent um, yeah. Bailey calling Mike a man child to um, BT saying, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, I think it's the same two. I think those are the same two lines right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I literally look forward for to that line. Yeah. Um, I agree with both of you. I was hoping that there would be more like folklore with BT, like what happened to him in stories. And is Bailey like the only person left? from uh bt's line because she never refers to like a mom or a dad or anything does she no not that i i, I can recall it's just her so yeah. we, never know, uh, we never really hear what happens with the rest of bt's family we gotta read you the don't know what, yeah you don't know what happens to bt but azil does put that shimmer on um mike's eyes so he can see that bt and Lindsay's lineage is throughout of all of Tableton. Yeah, so that's, that's kind. That's kind. That's kind of what you get. But the, yeah, you're right. Bailey doesn't say anything about fit, which is weird. Now that I think about it, that'd have been cool. Imagine if she had a brother. Jesus. Yeah. 
Well, if yeah. they were related, you would think they would have run down to meet Mike as well because it's Michael Talbot. You know? Yep. Very possibly. So, yeah. but I think we're going to end it there. Uh, Amber, as always, oh, Amber's gone. Oh, you're back. Amber, thank you for coming back on with us. Dak, it was very nice to meet you. You Uh, as well. Thank you for coming on. I hope this was, I know you were nervous about coming on and and talking with us. And for anybody else out there that wants to come on the show, email me, Michael Talbot podcast at iCloud.com. It's just people just sitting around just shooting the shit. I mean, we did this over Zoom during the pandemic. So, we're kind of keeping yeah. the Zoom thing going and just yep. talking about our favorite stories that we got here. Mm-hmm. Um, as yeah, always, if you're on Facebook, uh, like the Facebook page, Chronicles of Michael Talbot, yeah. the podcast Facebook page, like us, rate yeah. us, review us on Audible, Spotify, YouTube. It just it helps get the show out to more people that they like dystopian vampires, zombies, things like that. It shows up in your, hey, you like this, you might like this. and the more mm-hmm. the podcast grows, the more awareness of Mark's books grow, and the more our affection and love and appreciation of Mark and his stories grow, and and, and just it, it helps. So yeah, also the Instagram. Oh yeah, on Instagram, I don't really do much on Instagram, but yeah, Chronicles of Michael Tabbit podcast. It. I know <laughs> <laughs> the Instagram is actually my old support local music uh, page. So if you look back a little bit, it's all like all music stuff. Cause I used to run a, a music scene up here in Boston in my area. And I was like, I already oh, got a couple hundred people. So I'm just going to switch it over. I'm not starting a whole new page and starting from scratch. So a lot of my music friends are like, uh, dude, are you not playing music anymore? Like what's this book thing you're doing? I'm like totally switching scenes, you know, going from one yeah, thing to the other yeah, now. Okay. So it's great. I've enjoyed thank it. Thank you. Very. Dak, thank you very much. Amber, thank you all very much. And, uh, As always, we will see you all next week for book three, Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Thank you all very much. See you later. Bye. You have been listening to the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Copyright 2023 by Chestnut Hill Studios. Hosted by Jeff Royds. Technical advisor, Mary Napoli. Music by Burnt Ends. The Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast, is property of Chestnut Hill Studios, and no part of the show can be remixed, rewind, remastered, rebroadcasted without the express written consent of Chestnut Hill Studios. Follow the show on Facebook at The Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating and review. It does help other people find the show. Make sure to check out all the other titles from Mark Tufo at marktufo.com or at audible.com or if you're one of those people that still buys books, they are all available up at Amazon and they'll be delivered to your house, which is convenient. That is the end of the show. You may now go about your normal day.